Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also a hearty hello to our listeners on 98.5 The Fan and 1140 The Bet in Las Vegas. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe to the show. Wherever you get your podcasts, go do that for us now. Turn on the auto download. We'd certainly appreciate it. And for those of you watching us, yes, watching us, peepers, with your peepers on YouTube, thanks for doing that. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. We are glad to see you. And I say we because I bring in my broadcast partner. That is Mr. Momo. And he's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can also catch his Raiders-specific content up on sportsnot.com. You can follow me at LV Gully, and the show is SNB Today. All right, Mo, guess what? The Derek Carr era in the silver and black is officially over. The Raiders, as I kind of predicted all along, I was open-minded, but I didn't think they'd be able to move him. They were not able to move him as uh, Derek Carr notified the team over the weekend that even though he had a great discussion, apparently, with the New Orleans Saints, he said to the Raiders, guess what? I'm not going to accept a trade anywhere. I'm going to opt to be a free agent. And Mo, it brought up a lot of emotions, people calling him uh, all kinds of names for doing this, which I do not. It was perfectly within his right. It was part of the contract. He's got to do what's best for him. He's not a Raider anymore. And then you had people on the other side who were mad about, I mean, again, the car wars continue, but Derek Carr, not surprising and not surprising, even if the Saints and he got along, uh, the report stated the Saints wanted him to take less money 
to take on a deal there and kind of restructure and come in so that the Saints, who don't have a ton of cash, could do that. Uh, but that didn't work out. So now Derek Carr is going to be on the open market to sign with whomever, whoever he wants. Tell me, walk me back. How do you feel about this? What's the market going to be like for Derek Carr? A lot of thoughts on this. We're, I guess we're going to be divorce lawyers today <laughs> as the Raiders and Derek don't. Carr part go their separate ways. But if you remember, I said on Thursday that I gave a 55% chance that a trade would go down. That was based on the fact that the Saints had actually showed legitimate interest in trading for Carr. First, it seemed pretty bleak, and I said he's probably going to be released because there was really no buzz around Derek Carr until the Saints stepped in. Mm -hmm. And Derek Carr spent two days at the New Orleans facility chopping it up with Dennis Allen and the team brass. But at the end of the day, he winds up calling the Raiders, well, informing the Raiders and saying that he's not going to waive his no-trade clause for the Saints or any team, which leads me to believe that he took the visit with the Saints to gauge his market and find out what he can get as a free agent. And I don't know what the Saints told him, but let's just give a round number. Let's say the Saints said, we're interested in you, but we don't like the way your contract is currently constructed. We're willing to pay you $30 million and not the $32.9 million that you were due uh, in 2023 plus the $7.5 million in 2024. So he probably he's probably thinking, if he hears that, he's probably thinking, okay, if I had the free agent market, I can at least get $30 million from the Saints. That's yep. the floor for – or. That's that, that's what I can get, regardless of what happens with any other team I talk to. I can at least know that I can get thirty million from the Saints. They want me, so he's probably looking at it at that like this: Hey, I was due thirty two point nine million in twenty twenty three. I know the seven point five million in twenty twenty four with the guaranteed deal, but the Saints wanted to rework my contract. ESPN's Jeremy Fowles said most of the teams interested in Derek Carr wanted to rework his contract. So regardless, if he accepted a trade anywhere. He wasn't going to keep the same deal that he had with mm -hmm. the Raiders. So he was right. going to take a step back financially anyway. So he probably looks at it as I can get 30 million on the free agent market and have more options. So I think Derek Carr actually took this dinner to gauge his free agent market. And it's a smart business move because again, he's not obligated to play nice with the Raiders. No, he's going to do what's best for him. And I think once he hits the free agent market, I think, and I tweeted this out, I said he would get between 28 and 31 million from whoever signs him. I would probably up that to 20 to 32 million because people have to understand Raiders fans who don't like Derek Carr have to understand this. The market dictates what you're going to get. You may not like Derek Carr. You may remember all the times Derek Carr threw interceptions, missed the wide open receiver, fumbled the ball, but you have to understand these teams, these GMs, these head coaches are desperate for a decent quarterback, and we can all acknowledge that Derek Carr is a starting quarterback in this league, maybe top 15. I say he's in the top 12, top 13 range, but a team is going to be willing to pay $30 million plus for a Derek Carr, especially if that team needs to win football games right away, their job is on the line, they're, they're going to need to upgrade the quarterback position. The Jets, I don't know, I don't know if Derek Carr would be interested in the Jets, but if you look at the Jets, if those guys don't win in 2023 and make the playoffs, yeah. they're going to get fired. And there are a lot of teams in that position where there could be turnover if they don't upgrade. So this is why Derek Carr is probably going to get somewhere around $30 million a year. Well, and Mo, I, I agree with you. And listen, I, I don't begrudge a guy. Listen, the, the, the Raiders are done with him, and so he owes nobody any – I don't understand why fans, just like the fans who got so upset about the how the team treated him by benching him when they did, look, it's a business, and I understand, and, and I don't care if you work 
at a fast food restaurant, a department store, your local government, or for an NFL team, the days of just having blind loyalty to your employees and vice versa is over. That just doesn't exist like it used to. Are there examples of guys who stick around no matter what? Yes. Did Derek Carr stick around? Yes. And, and I think, listen, there's nothing to begrudge him over this. There's nothing. I think the Raiders made the right move in moving on from him. I've said that all along. But do I think that he did something wrong here? No. And so when people start cursing him, and I, was, I don't understand that, number one. Number two, there's also this narrative that, listen, for once Derek Carr did something for himself, come on, give me a break with that. Listen, he took two huge contracts with the Raiders, including his last one. He could have walked away, become a free agent, and tested his market then before. So nobody should feel sorry for Derek Carr for making $200 million or whatever. It was over $200 million in what he did there. Yes, he put up with a lot of crap with the dumpster fire that was the Raiders at times, but I don't feel sorry for him, and I give him all the credit in the world for doing what I exactly think he did is what you outlined, which was test the market, go talk to this team, tell the Raiders, see ya, I'm going to go out on the free market and let people bid on me because you don't know what will happen. I don't get the fans that feel like Derek Carr should have done the Raiders a favor by accepting the trade over going to the free agent market. While I push back on people saying, well, Derek Carr doesn't owe the team any favors. I I've also said that Derek Carr is going to do his best for Derek Carr. Right. Now, if that included being traded, that's what he would have done, but it did it. Apparently for Derek Carr, the best case scenario for him would be to hit the free agent market, open up his options because the Raiders weren't going to grant him permission to talk to, to any other teams unless that team agreed to the parameters or the framework of a trade. So he was limited to the amount of teams he could talk to. And as you said, the Raiders tipped their hand and basically let the league know they were going to move on from Derek Carr once they benched him in week 17. So at that point, you can consider Derek Carr as not a Raider. So he, at that right. point, he has no allegiance. He has no Correct. ties to doing the Raiders any favors whatsoever other than a favor that would be coinciding with what's best for him. So to call him a traitor at this point is unfair because the Raiders had already moved on from him. So he's sure. doing what's best for him as a person and the team is doing and, what's best for the team. And not only that, Mo, and this is why it was not surprising was look, the guy is sensitive. He's sensitive and he was upset with how it was handled. Whether you think it was right or wrong, he was upset. That's why his brother was out barking like a dog talking about, <laughs> talking about how, you know, he was going to tell the full story. There was obviously hurt feelings. However it was handled internally, we don't know that. We never will know until this big podcast that will fall from the sky, apparently, eventually. Um, but so but, there, was no, there was nothing there, Mo, right? I mean, you could expect it not to end well based on how they reacted. I'll say this. If the Saints had sat with, down with Derek Carr and they said, Derek, we'll take your current contract. We'll inherit your whole contract. You can keep your contract the way it is as the Raiders constructed it. They would probably be a trade at this point because Derek Carr would probably be thinking, okay, I can keep the 40.4 million that I can get over the next two years, play for another team, start anew, go to a division that doesn't have any really good quarterbacks. Let's be honest. Jameis Winston, Kyle Trask, <laughs> I mean, Matt Corral for the Panthers. If Derek Carr goes to NC South, he's going to win a lot of games because that division, that complete division is a dumpster fire. Yeah, Desmond Raiders, a rookie in Atlanta. There was no way, like, one of, if those teams play, Saints play any one of those teams with Derek Carr, they're winning that football game because the Saints have already a top 10 defense. So you right. had a quarterback in there. 
they can get it done. So if they had if they had sat down with him and said, we'll keep your contract as is, we'll bring you over, we'll, we'll release some guys and restructure some deals to make it happen, Derek Carr would probably be a New Orleans Saint right now, but that wasn't the case. And like I said, Jeremy Fowler said that any team willing to acquire Carr wanted to restructure his deal. There right. was no way the Rays were going to complete a, a trade without having to maybe eat some of his contract and a restructure deal to facilitate a trade. So that was a misstep that the Raiders <clears> made. I think having that no trade clause in there complicated things, of course. Sure. But the main point here is, is I think the Raiders tipped their hand too early. And I think if the Raiders had given off the idea that they were gonna that there was a possibility that they would roll with Carr in 2023. Then teams will have to come calling them about what would you mm. give up for Derek Carr. But See, once you tip your hand and let the league know that you're moving that you on, done. Yeah, yeah. You have no choice but to release him if he waits, and, doesn't and wait no trick clause. It's really interesting you bring that up because I think that's a fair criticism. Like I think, like, hey, you might have you might have shown your cards a little too soon, right? Because I've seen fans in general uh, over the last few days very critical of the Raiders for putting in this putting the contract clause in there to begin with the no trade clause and all that stuff. But what people don't understand is it was a trade-off. They gave him the no trade clause in order to take the one year out that they were getting. And so the Raiders knew, they knew that, hey, worst case scenario, we let him walk and we get zilch. So the Raiders knew that. And that's why I don't, fans who are upset that they're not getting their call, they're telling me Ziegler, you know, screwed up because he he now he's not getting anything for him. They knew that and they were okay with it. So the reason fans are upset is you're not getting a draft pick back. But that's what the Raiders wanted to do. That was all part of the give and take of how that contract and why they're able to walk away after a year. Otherwise, you might be sitting here and saying, you know what, you can't get rid of Derek Carr for two years or three years, and then you're in a different situation. Now, your criticism of them and benching him and how they handled that, forget loyalty and all that crap, just from a from a poker perspective, absolutely, because had they let him roll, you weren't going to win. I know they wanted to see some of Stidham, but they could have started him. If he had gotten in trouble, they could have then put Stidham in. There was ways to handle it that they didn't do. So, Mo, that's a great point because no one has touched on that. Instead, they're distracted by this idea that because they put in the no-trade clause and get no draft capital back, that somehow they failed there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, I understand if he gets hurt, then they're on the hook for 40.4 million. I'm sure people in the chat yeah. will, will say that. But the, the thing is, look at Derek Carr's Raider career. How often has he been hurt? Right. You know, at this point, you you play your chances. And if you if you feel like you're in a game where Derek Carr is taking too many hits, then you pull him out. You you have a run-heavy uh, game plan. You, you, you protect your quarterback. There are ways you can put your quarterback out there. And protect him. Now you can get hurt on any given play. You can get sure. a quarterback can get hurt on a handoff if he's hit <laughs> by a defender and he falls the wrong way. But I think you play your percentages and you protect the quarterback for the last two weeks of the season and just kind of give off the idea that we may roll with Derek Carr in 2023. If you want him, you better call us because we we may run it back. So I think once the Raiders 
benching for Jared Stidham, it, it just seemed like a bad situation because now you're stuck with Derek Carr having a no trade clause, and now he may have hurt feelings. Once I heard that he was away from the team for the last two games, I was like, here we go. And then his brother <laughs> getting on NFL Network saying that you know there was more to the story. Here we go. Then he goes to the Pro Bowl, and and of course he took a shot at himself. But you you understood that looking at him, he was still getting over the situation. There was sure. still some hurt feelings there. So sure. it all added up to what most of us would have expected. Of course, as I said on Thursday, there was a little bit of hope with the Saints jumping in. But at the end of the day, it's kind of what most fans and most pundits expected to happen. Right, and to, to Carr's credit, he he went and met with the Saints. To your point, it was definitely a feeling out session, but if they would have yep. given him what he wanted, he might have taken right. the trade. So so to say that he wouldn't have w- wouldn't be accurate because we just don't know there. But clearly, right. clearly, uh, Derek Carr is betting on himself. He's basically said, you know what? I'm going to take my walking papers, and I'm going to go make a deal. And and good for him. I mean, that's what you get as, as a, a nine-year veteran in this league. The fact that he gets to walk away from a situation that uh, didn't end well, and now he gets to go where he wants to and negotiate when he wants to, and he can do it now. He's got a jump start on everybody because of his contract and his release date, so he can start to do that, which is significant for him. So there you go. Now, Mo, we will wait. We're going to give it some time, and then we're going to go back at some point in the next uh, few shows and kind of do a retrospective on the legacy of Derek Carr as a Raiders, because I think it's a very complex one. Uh, it's not very easy. I know for some of you, you'll say it's easy because he sucked, he didn't win any games, or on the other side, I'll say he's great, he never had a defense. I get where the, the lines will be drawn. But somewhere in the middle is a story here about his legacy, and when when the, the dust settles and the hurt feelings are gone, how is it going to feel, and what are, what are they going to say? What are the history books going to say overall about Derek Carr's tenure? So we'll get to that soon. Uh, but first, we're going to take a break. Yes, we're going to pay some bills, if you will. Uh, when we come back, Mo and I are going to talk about the Raiders after uh, this Sunday's game. Yeah, you heard, remember the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs now equaled the Raiders three Lombardi trophies. Yes, the Chiefs now have three Super Bowl victories, two obviously very recently uh, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. So we're going to talk about the Chiefs, the AFC West, what the Raiders have got to do. They got to get their act together quickly, in my view. We're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black Today with Mo and Scott. This is an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. 